Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Welcome. It's good to have you guys with us as well as we get ready to spend a little bit of time going over our message from this past weekend. Good to have you here. Tommy, how you going? How you doing? Good. Everything good? Yes. No Pastor Scott today. Well, let, let me open us up with, with a word of prayer, and then we will get started answering questions or making comments about kind of our, our message for this past weekend. So let's pray. Lord, once again, I just thank you for the folks that are joining us online here, whether it be in the podcast or uh, streaming live. Just ask that you would bless our time together, and that as we spend a little bit of time with your word, that we might learn something that's going to draw us closer to you, maybe make our lives better, maybe make our relationships better. Um, but just use your word to be a blessing to us and our time together to do that as well. Amen? Amen. All right. So, Tommy, what did you think about this weekend as far as, like, the message and stuff? What, or were you too busy? No, I, it was chair? actually nice because I was able to, uh, since I was here on Saturday night, I was able to just kind of sit and focus on the, the sermon, and um, I really liked it. I think it's kind of jumping ahead, but... What really stood out to me was the John three sixteen and seventeen, and I think it's because we um, are really exposed to John three sixteen, right? And then that second line with the um, you know he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, and you kind of dived into that a little bit, mm-hmm. and that was really impactful for me and a really good reminder, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And I almost feel like we should probably keep those lumped together a little bit more often when we present it than... We absolutely should. You know, it's funny, and I can't remember, I think two weeks ago, I said something about that, um, where a co-worker of my wife came to her and said, uh, you know, I, once again, I'm not exactly sure what the pastor said. He was a Missouri Synod Lutheran pastor. Sometimes they can be a little judgy, I have noticed. Um, but... What she heard was, it doesn't matter if you've believed your whole life, if you have doubts at the end of your life, you might not go to heaven. I, I think 317 speaks to that mm-hmm. real well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not the purpose of Christ's presence in this world to make sure we don't go to heaven. The purpose of Christ's presence is to make sure that we are saved and that we go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're going to ever err on how God views you, err on the side of grace, because that is how at least the scriptures I read seem to present Christ. He tends to err on the side of grace and forgiveness and compassion versus judgment and, and um, well, just that. Yeah. So. Um, I think she's saying she's not oh. sure she agrees with the pastor. I hope <laughs> so, Christy. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. And once again, we don't know for sure if that's what he said, but, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. That's what that woman heard. And so... I told my wife kind of where some of her thoughts on that, and I hope she talked to her coworker about that because that's tough to go through life always afraid that you're going to be judged and, and dying not sh- knowing if you're good enough for God. Because, yeah, anyway. Well, I, saying, I wonder, I mean, Christmas is such a good reminder of all of that, you know, and I think that is um, 
why we you get this like buildup of anticipation and excitement because it is the reminder of of all that Jesus represents and it also brings me to like the power behind like Christian religions in general and like what can really be uh, maybe misinterpreted and can leave someone feeling really not good about right uh, their relationship the with God yeah, right uh, their mm-hmm. their Christian walk or whatever and so um that's kind of a side yeah. but you know kind of since we're going on a side here <laughs> Um, kind of go off on a little bit of a rant here and just say that uh, that's I, where I struggle when I see my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ doing things that turn people away from the kingdom, doing things like um, protesting abortion clinics or showing up at funerals and just being jerks because they have this very narrow view of one particular issue or another. And all they do is they just hurt the kingdom of God, because non-Christians look at that and go, why would I ever want to be a part of an organization that treats people like that? You know, and, and maybe, maybe what they're believing is good. You know, abortion is not a, a good thing, but do you go and make people feel guilty about it and protest funerals and blow up clinics for your faith? Of course you do not do that. Um, but, and unfortunately, it's those little fringy voices that just get so much of the press. Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, these people are going out and representing what's not being said here. You know, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I mean, they're out there kind of condemning people. And then that's the representation that's kind of out there. And And that gets a lot of noise. So then that's kind of prominent in people's face. And that's, they lump it all together. And that's why I think it's really important for us as Christians that believe in grace, that believe in loving and caring for others. We have, to, we have to do it. We have to put it into action. We have to let our voices be heard too because, uh, like I said, I think there's more of us than there are of the fringies, but the fringies are the ones that get a lot of the press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so, you know, one thing that I have noticed about Christmas, and this is pers- a personal observation of mine, is that I have a lot more joy in Christmas when I don't get too wrapped up um, in the secular parts of Christmas. I enjoy the secular parts, but when those become the most important things or those are the things I'm spending all my energy and attention on, I find Christmas to be a little less joyful and a little bit more burdensome Mm -hmm. because putting up Christmas lights is fun, but it's burdensome. But if I don't remember the reason I'm putting them up, um, going to parties is a lot of fun, interacting with people. But if you just you forget the reason you're gathering together during the season is to celebrate the birth of Christ. Even that can become burdensome. So, I think this is it's really important to keep bring yourself back to the story. Um, I saw something the other day, and I mean it was relative more to, you know, parenting with like um, child, the younger children, and talking about how you know um, parents kind of put this pressure on themselves to create all this magic that like kind of surrounds mm. Christmas, mm. and it was kind of. Um, a reminder of like, it's not really our job to do that. It's our job to kind of point them to, you know, Mm. the savior is like, this is like the magic that we get to experience is, you know, Mm. that God sent his son. And that way, you know, and and it shows them too, that that's where they turn for these things, not for these outer sort of experiences to kind of fill them up, but to that. And it was like, oh, that's a good reminder because I think you unwillingly put that pressure on yourself. Like, oh, I got to, do this with the, I got to get them to see Santa and I got to, you know, this and that. And, but whenever yeah. you just kind of take a step back and, and, and 
take that pressure off of yourself yeah. and, and then remind them that that's where the magic is. is you know, like, as a parent or a grandparent, you can't feel that pressure to do that. And I got to tell you, that's why I like this past weekend, because this past weekend was just all about the story. I mean, it was part of the sermon was to talk about and kind of remind people to come back to the story. As my grandfather said, remember, uh, Christmas is about Christ. It is six and nine letters. So you can't spell Christmas without Christ. Uh, but so often we try to have Christmas without Christ. Uh, and, and so I kind of emphasize that. And then the kids told the story in such a cool way with the, the fifth graders doing the wonderful job of reading and then the kids singing some of those really beautiful Christmas songs. Well, I think it's cool too for the kids because then they get to hear that story and then they get to sing these songs that kind of relate with like each section of the story and then yeah. it kind of helps tie that together for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, we hear the Christmas songs but they might not really make that connection until they're oh, hearing it in those like in the context yeah. of the story, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really that's a good point. And, and as adults, we get to do that as yeah. well. That's I, I like that a lot. Um, so, what else, Tommy? What other questions or thoughts did you have about um, what's going on? Um, we had a lot of a uh, agreement in there about kind of backing up a little bit, a lot of agreement about how off-putting it can be t- for people to be very staunch in their beliefs on some of those sort of things we were talking about. Just judgy, yeah. Um, and you know, it's so funny because I. Once again, we're digressing a little bit, but I just, it's something I just feel so strongly about. Christ was not judgmental. The only people, if you read about the life of Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? The Gospels that really kind of unpack um, the actual life and teachings of Christ. Um, Jesus was not judgmental at all. In fact, he saved his judgment for people that were judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, that seemed to be the only people that he would tend to get angry or frustrated with um, were, were the people that were really good at judging others um so anyway i also liked when you pointed out you know and i think too we have other examples of this in the bible like god could have done any other of these things to kind of send us this message of like hey your sins are forgiven you know i mean there's other instances where like angels come and speak and Mm -hmm. but he didn't do any of that like he sent his son and how you paralleled that to like you know having this human form there that, that experiences all of these hurts and difficulties and troubles that we experience it makes Jesus feel more relatable and not so out of touch and I guess I never really thought about it until you brought it up Uh um and I was like oh yeah I made you think of something you hadn't thought of before well son of a gun that doesn't happen very often (laughs) I like that we got Christy's like so glad they sang go tell it on the mountain yeah, that, amen to that, Christy. I agree with you 100%. You know, and that is something I, I've always found amazing about Jesus is just the fact that he is able to relate to the things that we go through. I mean, he experienced them, and that's, that's unique. I don't think you're going to find that kind of a God story in any other religion in the world. Really. Well, and I think, too, it helps whenever you're going through those things to, to not feel so alone, you know? Yeah. Um, knowing that it's not like, oh, you would never understand what it's like to exactly. hurt like this, but he does, you know. He does, he does. He understands what it's like to be afraid. He understands what it's like to be joyful. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that's really amazing part of it. Um, there's this great text. I'm just going to back this up a little bit with something that, uh, a text that uh, we had in the sermon, but I think it's really good. We're kind of jumping all over the place. So if you got your outline in front of you, just hang in there. But it says, Hebrews 4. It says, now that we have, now that we know that we have Jesus, right? It's this reminder that we've had Christ. He's kind of reminding people that Christ is a part of their lives, all right? And he goes, 
Let's, let it, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a Savior who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all. And then he has to make sure that he makes this little noise. He said, all but the sin, right? Reminding us that Christ was sinless. But he did experience all the emotions that we have as well, other than sin. He said, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Well, I think, and that, I think that I, it really speaks to that idea that sometimes people are afraid to approach God because they feel that he's not approachable. Mm-hmm. He's judgmental, which is, once again, why it is important for us not to tell people that God is a judgmental God. Uh, they feel that he can't relate to them. He's beyond them, and he's just kind of waiting for that day when he's going to judge them and send them to hell. And why would you want to approach a God like that? Why would you want to be close to a God that you're afraid of all the time? Especially if you have something that you're holding on to with a lot of shame. Exactly. I mean, that shame can be the wall that keeps you from ever making that connection, if that's kind of your your understanding of the, the, the faith. You know, I think... Um, my son has been very obsessed with sin lately oh, and really? asking, yeah, asking like, what is my sin? And what, and then he, you know, and it's interesting because he talked about like, well, people in jail, they have really bad sin. And I had, I, it was an opportunity for me to tell him like, actually, whatever we do, if, if, even though we're not in jail and whatever our sin is, is actually the same as their sin to God, you know? And wow. that means that, we're not really better than them because we're not in jail. Like we still struggle with our sin just like they do. And that's all the same to God. And it, to really help him understand so he doesn't have that perception of being judgmental of other people's sin that maybe, you know, is, I think, societally more frowned upon. Yeah, of course. <laughs> there's, there's justice and you have to have that. Right. But there's, there's godly justice, and that's very different than human justice. So, yeah. yes, I agree. Yeah, you know, 100%. and just kind of telling him, like, when I get frustrated with you and yell at you, that's just as upsetting to God as someone who's made a bad choice and, and is in jail now. And so we really all have to, to pray and, and, and ask God to help us with those things, you know. And, you know, and it goes back to that idea of where he said people carry, especially people that carry shame, we all carry shame. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit different degrees, but I, I would bet that, we all have very similar levels of shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that I am never going to tell any of you that I have done <laughs> uh, that I carry shame from. And I'm sure there are things that you guys have done that you would probably never approach me. That's where it'd be fun to be a Catholic priest because you'd get to hear all that stuff, <laughs> right? But I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, but the thing is we can approach God with those things. We can approach God with those things that we're embarrassed about that we're, we are shameful of. And God forgives Right? Because he is not here to condemn, but to forgive and to save. And I think that is such an important thing. And the more we go back to that story, the more during this Christmas season that we go back to the story of Jesus Christ, we go back to being born in the major, God sending his son into the world, his only son in the world. It just reminds us of those things and the reason for the season and helps us celebrate a little bit more. But I mean, even the fact that he was born you know, in the manger. It makes him more relatable than like... He wasn't born like he was, in some palace, some right. <laughs> high fluting. Yeah. You know, I mean, we probably have had much better coming into the world than he did. <laughs> probably. Because it's amazing. You say, well, most people are born in houses, but um, I would say not, many, not most people in the world are actually born in hospitals. Yeah. I mean, if you really take into consideration, what is it now? We're about approaching 7 billion population in our world. Um, 
the vast majority of people do not get to live the lives that we do here in the United States. So uh, I think more of them could probably relate to being born in a manger than being born in some kind of a hospital, which is what we would relate to. This is a really great question. I want to expand it so I can see okay. the rest of it. How do you explain to kids who is Santa and why he's coming to bring them presents for Jesus's birthday? I told to my daughters that Santa was one of Jesus's helpers who brings happiness and magic for our houses to our houses on Jesus's birthday. Ooh, I like that. Um, and that the gifts represent the gifts that the, the Magi brought mm -hmm. Jesus, you know, and that's a big part of the Christmas story is, is the, those um, Magi, wise men, whatever you want to call them, recognizing Jesus as the Messiah and wanting to celebrate that by bringing him gifts. And so Santa celebrates that, that Jesus was born, that Jesus is the Messiah by, by bringing gifts as well. You can wrap any, however you want to wrap that in. But once again, I love it that you keep pointing that back to um, that. You know, do you know that, should we tell the story about St. Nicholas? Well, I was going to say, I think St. Nicholas is a good way to kind of tie it in too, mm -hmm. because, um, I mean, you could even keep them separate, you know, like mm -hmm. that Santa isn't really linked to Jesus, but that St. Nicholas is where the idea Who was of Santa, a follower of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, is where we get the idea of Santa yeah, and you can even go on. You can go online and get a book or whatever. I just love that you 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 care about that because kids probably know Santa mm -hmm. just as well as they know Jesus in the manger. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's awesome to be able to link the two together so that when they think of Santa, once again it just points them back to the original story. Um, I know that we had a Christmas book that we would share with our kids about Saint Nicholas. And he, who was a real person. And I want to say back in the 1600s, but I could be wrong. It could be the 1400s. But it was a while ago. And he was just um, a guy who would give gifts to very poor families in his area. Uh, and he was a, a great Christian man. And so after he passed, they made a saint of him. And his, obviously his name was Nicholas, St. Nicholas. And then over time, the legend, he started to wear a red jacket. And then... From what I understand, you know, the German, the, the German culture got a hold of it. And then when Pepsi got a hold of it, they, made, <laughs> they gave him a beard and a round belly. But before, for the longest time, for hundreds of years, he was just, um, just kind of a normal-looking guy with a beard who would go around and give gifts uh, and remembering the gifts that were given to Jesus, St. Nicholas. And then, like I said, our advertising machine in America got a hold of it. Now he's fat and rides around in <laughs> a sleigh and got... Or, you know, rooty cheeks and all that other stuff, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's always, I love the idea of you wanting to point him back uh, to Jesus. So keep it up. There's what a lot that? of good um, books, that too, that can out? help you tie them together, too. Um, Connie says, we are born with original sin. That is why Jesus was baptized, mm. why he commanded his disciples to go and baptize. Mm. Um and then we receive the hope from his resurrection. And then Lynn says, doing what God wants us to, take care of others. And then Lucin um, said, that's a very beautiful story. Um, yeah. I do like that. But for, as far as I know, well, I, as far as I know, because it was on the internet and I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. <laughs> no, actually, I've read some, I've researched a little bit because I've told the St. Nicholas story at some of our children's sermons and I try to tell only things that are true. <laughs> so the story of St. Nicholas is true. Um, so another, kind of another point that we want to maybe bring out from the sermon is that I think the birth of Christ, and we've kind of been talking around it, but let's talk specifically to it, reminds us that God has to love us, that God is on our side. Why else 
go to all that trouble? Why else give up heaven and all those other things that you end up giving up uh, to come and take on all the frailties of humanity if you do not want to save your people, if you do not love your creation? Mm -hmm. um, you just wouldn't bother. I mean, it's not that you would hate your creation. You just wouldn't go to the trouble of making that happen. So, I think... I was going to say, too, at one point in the sermon, you kind of jumped ahead in the life of Jesus and talked about, you know, um, prior to, you know, his uh, crucifixion, when he called out and was like, why does it have to be this way, kind of? And, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm paraphrasing all of that. But I was, I also, it just kind of brought it back to how, you know, our Savior is in touch with reality, because even he was like, are we sure this is how we want to do this, you know what I mean? Where I feel like we probably often find ourselves in situations like, why is this the way it is? Mm. Are you, like, can't we do it another way? But I, I mean, it you just know. seemed like such a human moment to see Jesus have that such felt human, so relatable as Such well. a human moment. It was just like he, it was the day before, or just a, a few minutes before he was about to be arrested and he knew what was coming. Can you imagine knowing oh. that you're going to be whipped <laughs> within an inch of your life? Uh, and that you're going to be crucified. And not only that, but you're going to be put in front of crowds and all these people that were just shouting for you, or many of the people that were shouting for you in favor just a few days earlier are now going to be turning on you and shouting, crucify you. The emotional pain uh, coupled with the physical pain, yeah, I can see why Jesus was like, is there any <laughs> other way? Can we, can we find a different way to do this? Uh, no? Okay. I'll go through with it. So, well, my friends, I hope that as we kind of wrap up our day today, that you will continue to find ways to bring yourself back to the story, because that's really what it's all about. And I know worship is a wonderful way to do that. Um, if you've got children or grandchildren, buying some of those books, finding some of those books, reading some of those books about the meaning of Christmas. And like I said, there's so many of those books that do it in such cute ways. The lizard that lives in the Christmas tree that wonders what the nativity is about. Um, one of my favorites is, is Santa Claus explaining to some, I forget who's he, if he's explaining to his elves or to some people about who he is and why he does what he does. There's just all of these books that kind of point you back to that. Do that with your children, but in your own life, make sure, enjoy the parties, enjoy the cookies, enjoy the lights, enjoy all the things around Christmas, but don't make those the focal point mm -hmm. of your Christmas. Keep coming back to the story, and what it'll do is it'll help you to enjoy the peripheral things about it that kind of bring some fun to it, but also will bring that greater meaning and just that that peace, in the, the peace in the midst of the chaos of the Christmas season. Um, that will just help you have a more joyful Christmas as well. So, all right. Yeah. So, any other, if you have any other comments, any other things from you? I think comments? I shared all everything I had. All right. <laughs> Guys, once again, we thank you so much for being a part of our our deeper good news at noon. Be sure that if you want, if you, if you hear the sermon, you watch it online, or you're here in person, um, send us some questions, uh, send us your emails so that we can have a minute or two to prepare for them. Because if, if we have them in advance, we can actually look up scripture or even do some things that will help us go a little bit deeper with some of those questions. And uh, we just appreciate the fact that you guys join us. For those of you that are joining us on our podcast as well, I hope you've got some spiritual food for your days ahead.
I'm going to pray us out of here. Let's pray. Lord, once again, you are a God that so obviously loves us, so obviously is for us. Help us to remember that each and every day. Help us to to hold on to that and to keep that as a focal point of our Christmas, to remember Jesus in the manger, but to remember what that means, that you love us, that you're for us, and that also you understand us. Um, May we keep Christ in our Christmas and remember the reason for the season. We pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Amen. Bye, everyone. Thank you again. Bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sand. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.